Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. My guests for this episode are Taylor and Jack McClintock. In January of 2015, Taylor and Jack were newly married, running a video production business together, and had just rented office space. It was an exciting time, but there was just one problem. They didn't have a single project booked. With bills coming due in just a few weeks and no income, they prayed a simple prayer that would change their business, their city, and their life. In this episode, Jack and Taylor share their story as well as practical advice for the early days of building a business, including how they got their first clients, how they dealt with fear and comparison, and a unique approach to finding a profitable niche. You can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Jack and Taylor online at donsadler.com slash 026. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to walk in their God-given calling. Download the free daily planning tool, The Peak Page. This free tool will help you overcome procrastination and create more clarity, focus, and results in your day. Download your free copy at donsadler.com slash peak. And now, let's meet Taylor and Jack. Hi, Jack. Hi, Taylor. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Hi. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited that you're here. So for our listeners, I think it's always really interesting to um, to find out how the connection occurred. So I got connected with you guys through someone who was uh, interviewed previously, Ashley Staples, mm-hmm. um, who a lot of our listeners know and love really well. So it's really fun. She's in Columbus right now, which is where you guys are as well, um, Columbus, Ohio. So uh, I'm very excited to... Um, to have you on the show, we had a chance to talk a, a week or so ago, and your story is so fun with so many great um, and inspiring parts of it. So let's just jump right in. Um, for our listeners, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Taylor McGuintock. Um Jack and I are currently living in Columbus, and we are married. Um, we met at Ohio State. I was studying film production at Ohio State, and Jack was studying business. Um, and so with a with an intention to create a film production company. So we had some mutual friends, and we had some mutual interests and activities, extracurriculars, and that kind of thing. So we met um, my junior year of college, and he had technically already graduated. And... Um, quickly after that, we got married, um, got engaged. And then, but before we got engaged, I actually started working for Jack's company. So Jack had started a production company here in Columbus, um, kind of a one man band thing. And I started editing for him. And so after that, um, we got engaged and then we kept working together. And then finally, when we got married, we decided that we were going to continue working together. Um, it was a big commitment, but we decided to actually make that commitment to work together full time. 
we've been married for almost four years and now we have uh, six people actually on our team and are excited. Uh, yeah. Excited about the future. So, um, so Jack, I know that we talked about how this was not originally your plan for your life, right? You actually started with a different plan. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So I, um, growing up, I actually had always anticipated that I would go into an engineering field. I always thought that I would be an electrical engineer when I grew up. So I actually went to a local high school in Columbus called Metro Early College High School that is focused specifically on science, technology, engineering, and math. And so that had kind of always been my plan. And so tell me about what happened that, that, that switched your plan up. Yeah, well, actually, so when I was in high school, I think I was a sophomore in high school, I got involved with a a local... Um, a local group that was working on what they call a speed filmmaking competition. Um, and this particular speed filmmaking competition was called the 168 Project. It's it's basically producer teams from around the world are given a Bible verse, and then you have a week, which is 168 hours, to develop, to write a script, then to shoot that, and to ultimately edit and turn around an 11-minute short film. And so my church actually had a group that was working on that project and I got involved with them and I just, I fell in love with the process. And I mean, very quickly I realized the power and the potential of media and video to, you know, not just do what I had largely seen, which was just seek to entertain and earn money, but also to really be a platform to, to really inspire and encourage and motivate and educate people um, and there was just something about that. I mean, looking back now, I, I completely see that as a God moment, as a Holy Spirit leading me moment um, into something that I just, I was really became passionate about very quickly. The the potential of that, not just um, as something that maybe I would, I would enjoy doing, but actually as something that I wanted to pursue as a career. So tell me how you went from, from that contest to running a successful company. Like, tell me about what came next after you had that realization. Sure. So I, I, by kind of nature of my personality, I get really passionate about things. And so I got really passionate about it and I just started showing up. I mean, honestly, it was, it was whatever. And whenever I could be on a a set of some sort, um, I would be there. Um, and I also started, you know, I, I remember it was, again, I was a sophomore in high school. So at the time, you know, I was trying to make a little extra money by mowing people's lawns and stuff. So I, I remember mowing, mowing lawns through the summer and then using that money to buy my first camera, which was an HDV tape camera, one of the first HD, you know, really like small, uh, prosumer type cameras. And I just, I mean, I just started doing it. I just went after it. I I got together my groups, you know, friends and said, Hey, you want to make a movie and started writing content. And a lot of it is really, really bad (laughs) looking back now, but um, but it was a beginning. It was a good start. And so from there, though, I, I got to a place where I realized by the time I graduated high school, um, I realized that this was for sure something that I wanted to pursue. Um, and so I, I figured I had two courses of action at that point. One, I could either go to film school 
continuing the journey, or two, I could actually go to business school um, with the intention of, of doing kind of my own thing and trying to start my own company and business from it. And ultimately, I, d- I decided the second. So I, I went to Ohio State University and studied business. Um, but I did that even going in in 2010, which is when I actually started the company. Um, I was going in with a mindset that this was the business I wanted to do. Um, and so 2010, we started the company and, you know, two years later in 2012, I'd had some college credit done in high school. So I was able to graduate two years later with my bachelor's degree, um, in business. And at that point, 2012, I literally, I mean, I know you hear it sounds kind of cliche, but I was running this company in my parents' basement. Like I was (laughs) in the basement of my parents' house. I had, I mean, it wasn't even a finished basement. So it was very industrial type setting. Uh, I pulled my desk literally, I pulled my desk. I remember getting a desk off the side of the street and someone's trash. They were throwing it away. I like grabbed a desk and put it in my parents' basement. And actually we still have that desk, which is funny, but, um, but anyway, so I started just going after it and it took a few years. It really wasn't until 2014, which is when Taylor and I got married that I was like, okay, I've got enough clients now and we're ready to go at, at this. And so in 2014, we ended up getting an office space and really started to kind of focus on the growth of our company. So, um, I love what happened next. Um, and we're going to talk about that, but I actually want to come back to that because that moment when you and Taylor were married, you had your office space. Um, it seemed like everything was going to be rosy and then suddenly it wasn't. We're going to, we're going to talk about that in just a minute because I think it's really profound how you, um, how you address that and how you, um, how you approach that in your prayer life. But before we do that, um, I think I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, how you got those first clients, just really practically. We've got a lot of listeners who are starting businesses or growing businesses, and it seems like getting clients is always the part that seems so big and so hard and so um, kind of impossible at times, especially if people are starting or restarting from scratch. So tell me just really practically, what did that look like to get your first clients and your, and to build that initial client base? You know, I think that early on, uh, it's always difficult to get those initial clients, but I think the biggest thing really, uh, is it's all relational. So, I mean, any business comes down to, to relationships. And so I think at the, you know, the end of the day, for me, at least my experience was I, and I had said this kind of earlier too, I, I had to show up first of all. Um, and frankly, a lot of the times I had to show up for free, um, because when you're starting, especially in our industry, being creative media, if you don't have a portfolio and you don't have something that really can show the level that you have to offer, or, you know, maybe potentially past projects and things as examples of what you have to offer, then it's really difficult to get somebody's business unless you have a very good relationship with them. So I kind of, I focused on, you know, the people that I had relationships with already, um, who I had done some work with even throughout high school. Um, I focused on those people and built those relationships further, started to transition them into clients who were willing to actually pay for my time. Um, and just, you know, it kind of started that slow process. 
process. You slowly build these relationships. And as you do good work and you work hard and you, you create things with excellence, then people value that and they see that. And then you build your portfolio and that portfolio then is able to get you new business. So I think that, you know, there's, there's inevitably a season for any entrepreneur when you're starting out, that is just a grind of showing up and relationship building. What did your, um, I'm just curious in that season, cause I know a lot of our listeners can relate to it or are in it right now. Tell me about your prayer life during that time. What was your, um, what were your conversations with God like during that time? There's always this, this, um, uh, tightrope of, um, hustle and heart, right? Like we're hustling, we're hustling, we're hustling, yeah. but ultimately God is the one who brings the results, but it, we still have to hustle. So tell me about how you walked that line during that season. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, looking back, especially, I mean, 2012, uh, to 2014 were the two years between when I graduated college and, and got married. Those years were extremely formative for both me personally and my business. So in terms of my prayer life, um, I was really, I feel like really learning during that season, what that looked like, um, in terms of really living out my faith and owning my faith, you know, t- transferring it. I've heard kind of like from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge and a heart understanding. And so frankly, a lot of my prayers during that season looked like, God, what are you doing? Like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> like, what, what am, like, am I supposed to be here or there? I feel like I have so much passion and so many dreams and aspirations, but like I, I'm here in Columbus, Ohio, and like I'm struggling on a daily basis. I'm literally in my parents' basement. Like, Jesus, what what am I supposed to be doing right now? Um, and I feel like that those were a lot of my prayers. And looking back now at that, I feel like that is absolutely the best place that I could have been during that season because it was yeah. real. And that's at the end of the day. That's just the, I think where you have to be. You have to be real, but also willing to seek the answer from God. Um, and ask, you know, I feel like scripture is pretty darn clear when it says ask, you know, bring these things before, before God. And so I think, um, I think that that's, that's probably the best thing that I did during that time, even maybe unknowingly was I just, I brought my uncertainty to God and I said, Lord, lead me. I said, I, I, I'd really love to know the answers. And I, I feel like I, have this full understanding of faith of, of the presence that you have in my life. And so, uh, I expect you to answer even Lord and, and I'm bringing this before you. And, um, and sometimes those answers were as I expected. And a lot of the time they weren't as I expected, which I think is an important part of prayer life too, is that when we pray a lot of the times, I think there's sometimes a, a, <laughs> an immediate like answer that we give ourselves. And or we expect in return. And oftentimes, at least in my life, I found that that's not the case. It's, it's often much better, different, but it's often better. Um, and so just being flexible with how God answers and being willing to receive how God answers. Do you feel like the time that you spent 
Um, I'm just going to, I mean, I, I feel like every entrepreneur, not every entrepreneur, but many of us as entrepreneurs have times in our businesses where we are just literally driven to our knees. There's just nothing else we can do in those times. We can work as hard as we can work, but for, you know, whatever reason, whatever the season is, um, we're just driven to our knees. And do you feel like that's a season that God really uses to create a foundation for the growth and scale season of your business that's to come? Oh my goodness. Yes. And not just that, but it's in retrospect, those seasons are the most beautiful thing in -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I look back now, I mean, we're, you know, we're very much in a season now where God is just blessing our business and man, it's exciting. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of joy in that. But I look back at those, those times, those foundations where literally, I mean, I was on my knees. Um, and, and I look at that and I'm like, man, that is, that is so important. And it reminds me, I think this is the important thing about recognizing and being grateful, even for those seasons is that it reminds me that I still need to be in that season now, just because we're experiencing success and stuff. I like, I still find myself even now in a season of of great joy on my knees because I look back at that season and I'm like, man, like I recognize that that foundation and that season of really just being at a place where I had to cry out and ask God for direction and ask God to, I mean, one of my like all time favorite prayers is just to say, you know, God, like search me, know my heart. It's a Psalm, right? Psalm 139, search me, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts and lead me. I mean, like just praying that daily. And I see that as, as what I prayed during that season of foundation building. And so I still do it today because I still believe I'm building a foundation on some level. Did you in the, in that season, um, as you were, you know, learning to trust God. And I do think entrepreneurialism is a different way of trusting God for me personally than any other area of my life. I mean, it's all trusting God, but it's just different. Um, and I just wonder in that season, did you feel did you battle fear? Was there ever a time where you felt like, I don't even, I'm doubting whether or not I'm actually even supposed to be in this business, or I'm doubting whether or not the bills are going to get paid, or were you able to walk through that in faith? Tell me a little bit about that part of it. Yeah. Uh, there, honestly, there was a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, I think the important thing, at least reflecting on that season is, you know, there's, there's kind of two responses to fear. You either get shut down or Mm -hmm. you really like you move, you move into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and looking back, thankfully I I moved into it. I had a lot of fear, but similar to, I guess what I was saying in terms of what my, my prayers were, my prayers were, God, what are you doing? And God, like, because a lot of those, what are you doing prayers and uncertain prayers were out of fears and they were out of fears of, you know, what am I doing with my life? Am I on the right path? Am I going the right direction? Am I doing what God wants me to do? And is this going to lead me, you know, into a place where I can support a family one day? Is this, you know, is it like, there's just so many questions, um, of uncertainty, And so I think, you know, instead of in those seasons, allowing those uncertainties and those fears to drive me um, down or to drive me backwards, I allowed them to drive me forward. Um, And I said, all right, you know, I I do see this fear, but as long as, 
and you got to, man, you got to stay grounded, right? And especially in the word, you got to stay grounded in scripture. If you are, if you are pursuing a relationship with Jesus, I mean, being in the word is such direct access to his, to his like knowledge and wisdom for our life. I mean, it's his way to communicate with us. And so being in scripture and, and really seeking God first in those seasons, I mean, that entirely eradicates fear because as scriptures say, perfect love, which is Jesus casts out all fear. And so I just found that the more, the more fear I had in those seasons and the solution, and at least for me was press in, press into God, press into the word. Um, and, and also work hard. I mean, you don't, you yeah. don't stop, you keep moving and you keep working hard. And yeah, I think that that's the biggest, the biggest thing about those, that season of fear. I think that's really, uh, I appreciate you sharing that with me because I, first of all, I think what you said is brilliant about fear can either shut you down or you can decide to just, you know, move into it. Um, and I think that there's a misconception, uh, often for people who, who feel like they are called and then there's hard times. And then sometimes there's a temptation to feel like, well, if this is my calling, shouldn't this be easier? And so that's why I really wanted just to dig in and say, practically, you can be walking in your calling and there's still a battle to, to wage. And that battle is, as you said, just to draw closer to God and to understand that we need to trust him more and more um, all the time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, speaking of that, I want to jump to uh, early 2014. And um, this is just such a powerful story. We we sort of referenced it earlier. Um, it's just to set the stage for our listeners. It's early 2014 and you're married and you newly married and you've got an office space and you guys have decided this is it. This is our business. We're going to make a go of it. And you have zero projects on the board, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we, when we got married, it would, it was 2014, like you said, and just a few months after we were married, we were coming into 2015 with literally nothing on the calendar. I mean, we had no projects, an entirely dry calendar. And so we sat, actually, we sat really in the beginning of, of 2015 in January, and we started to realize a very real situation that required us to be paying our bills in a couple of weeks with no, no income to do that. And so that was, yeah, that was a really challenging season of uncertainty for us because we looked at that and we were just asking a lot of questions again, like, what are we doing? God, where are we supposed to be? What do you want us to be doing? Yeah. And so what did you do? What was your response to that? Well, um, we had, Thankfully, a lot of really great people who were surrounding us, which is important to have good mentors and people that you trust in your life. And one of the best pieces of wisdom that we received from that council um, was to enter a season of intentional prayer. Um, and, you know, similar to as we've been talking about with prayer and being in a prayer and a posture of surrender and asking God to with expectation to reveal the next steps for you. Um, we entered that season, but there was one really important change that we found. And 
basically it was, I had found myself often coming to, to God and saying, Lord, come bless, bless my thing. Or Jesus, like bring us business. Like, Lord, would you just explode, um, you know, the, the opportunities to meet people and to bring us good projects. Um, and instead we flipped our mentality to say, God, would you just reveal how you're moving? I want to know what you're doing. And I just want to be involved. I want to be involved with what you're doing because I believe what you're doing is, is exactly what I want to be doing. And so if you would just show us how you're moving and then show us what our part is, um, then we, Lord, we will follow and we'll, we'll move into that. Just reveal it to us. And so that became our prayer. Um, and that really opened a, a huge thing for us. So you prayed God, and I love, I love the posture of that. I love instead of, you know, God bless what we're doing that you guys just said, God, what do you want to do and how can we be a part of it? So tell me what came out of that. Yeah. So first of all, in that season, I mean, we found that God provided at every step of the way. I mean, we, we were given truly our daily bread. Um, so in terms of our business, I think it was very shortly after that, probably by mid to late January that we had, you know, a couple very small projects, but it was enough to, you know, at least get our bills paid. Um, and then another huge thing happened during that season as well, which I'll, I'll let Taylor kind of tell about here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So during that time of kind of nothingness, um, for a quick story really quickly, we got one job and it was to drive production equipment across the country to a show that was in Vegas and then drive it back. Like that was, that was like one job that we had. And so like, we were like, okay, we're going to do that because it's going to, it's going to bring that income. So we did it and we took our time getting there because we could, and we didn't have any other projects, um, slept in tents and all that jazz together. Um, on the way there, but we spent the entire time praying like, God, what are you, what are you doing and how can we join it? Um, and then when we got back, these little tiny projects just started to compile and compound. And so we kind of let those roll in. But during that same exact time, um, God kind of laid another vision on our heart, which was, uh, more of a ministry type vision, um, to see our church come together in our city. And so we said, okay, we're going to run with that. And, um, we decided to run with it and it's now an all city worship and prayer night, um, just to get believers together, um, to pray for our city and to pray for the people in our city. Um, and it's called one night. So that happened, that was birthed out of our, um, our time of nothingness. So, um, God really had, incredible things planned that we just, that weren't even kind of on our radar. So that happened out of that too. And you've been doing one night for, um, well, tell us what happened the first, the first time that you ran one night, what your expectations were for attendance and and how many people showed up. Sure. So, um, we had, the idea was kind of born in that time. So early 2015 and we said, okay, we're going to, we're just going to get people together, um, in a space in the middle of June on a Wednesday night. That's what we're going to do. And in, in church world, it's like, what? You're going to do what? But we decided to do it. We <laughs> kind of took a step um, in faith. And so we did it thinking that the few band members that were involved, um, they were just led by local worship leaders, were involved. 
Um, we figured their churches would show up. We figured our friends would show up. So we said maybe a couple of hundred people will be there. It'll be a great time. We'll pray, we'll worship, and we'll thank God for this time. Um, and then we, the night came June 10th and 2000 people rolled in the doors, um, to pray and worship for our city. And so we were kind of floored at that moment. Um, not only at what God had brought us to, but then what God had did or had mm-hmm. done. So, um, that happened in 2015. Uh, we, so we said, okay, Lord, do you want us to do this again? It was kind of a resounding yes. We held one night again in 2016. Um, and then it, or we got a bigger space cause we kind of packed out the other space, we got a bigger space and 4,000 people showed up. Um, wow. to pray and worship for our city in 2016. And then the next year, 2017, it was about 5,000. And then we just did it again um, in April, this past April. So that was, again, like you mentioned kind of at the beginning of this podcast, not on our radar and not on our plans. Um, but it took two people who were kind of surrendered and willing and in the production world, I guess, to to kind of launch this, this um, prayer and worship movement. So that's, was also born at that time. It's so incredible to have, um, I have, I have goosebumps right now. Just the idea that you guys were in a place that again, like we talked about earlier, it would have been so easy to give into fear, but instead you guys just prayed about it. And as a result of that surrender, instead of surrendering to fear, just surrendering to God, that you know, there's this really incredible thing happening in your city where more than 5,000 people show up from all different churches to pray together in unity. I think that's really incredible. Do you guys just stand back and, and think, oh my gosh, I, I can't even believe that, that this has happened? Yes, we absolutely, yeah. we absolutely do. <laughs> For sure. Just like, who are we, who are we to say, you know, what can, what can go? You know, God's immeasurably and abundantly more than that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit right now. Cause I, we had, there's a really fascinating part of your story. Um, that I think a lot of business owners can relate to and would want to know more about. And that's really around finding your niche. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but just to kind of give our listeners a little bit of history, tell us, um, sort of, you have a production company. Tell me about the kind of clients that you wanted to work with and your experience before you sort of made the shift um, to a specific niche in your business. What was that like, you know, a couple of years ago? Sure. So, yeah, so when we, I mean, when we started, and I think the tendency a lot of times with new businesses when you start is you immediately want to be the full thing. So for us in our industry, that was, man, I wanted to be producing, I wanted to be producing national and international commercials. I wanted to be having, you know, big budget, big time movies and big time commercial budgets. I mean, I just wanted it all. Um, and so we went after that. I, I mean, I tried everything I could. I wanted to be, you know, the big fish immediately. And so trying to, you know, pull business that was, was interested in those big budgets and everything was a focus of mine for a long time. Um, but yet even, even during that time, I found myself getting a lot smaller projects. And the problem was that with those smaller projects, a lot of the times I found myself being kind of almost bitter 
about them, I would be like, Oh, this is just, you know, this is just a small project or it's just, you know, it's, this is not really what I want to do because what I really want to be doing is, you know, producing these big budget things. And, um, and I think eventually I got to a place where I realized that that just wasn't healthy. Like, cause I, I was actively pushing against the thing that really we were very good at for the sake of trying to get somewhere that I eventually have learned wasn't even really a place that we were supposed to, or really even wanted to get to. Um, and so I think that, you know, you can have a a tendency of being able to, of comparing yourself to other people and other people, especially in your industry. And from that comparison, um, you end up finding that you are maybe pursuing something that you shouldn't be pursuing. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, um, tell me once you realize that I, I, I actually, before we get into that, I just want to talk a little bit about, um, uh, cause I know we talked about this last time and I think a lot of our listeners can relate to it. So I want to jump in to just sort of like the motivation, like what was actually motivating your need to be the very best and to be a top dog in your industry Because I think a lot of people start a business with the, like you said, the full on version of of it to, you know, to take it as big as it can go. So talk to me a little bit about what was motivating you at that time and what you kind of realized about that in that season. Yeah, well, I think, so I think there were really two things motivating me in that season. The first was comparison and the second was pride. Mm. Um, I looked, you know, I've, heard it said before and I love love this phrase that comparing comparing yourself to someone only has two results you either think you're better than them or you think you're worse than them mm. and there's really no there's no middle ground with comparison at least that's not the point of comparing you're trying to figure out who's better and so on some level that you know leads into my second point of pride I was I was driven by wanting to be not just something else, but someone else. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be more like, you know, the production company down the street who's maybe doing some of the projects that I really wish I could have been doing. Um, and so I would drive myself motivated by that. Um, and you know, in terms of the, the pride component, um, there's a future level to that as well. I wanted to be recognized as a successful, you know, big budget producing creative media service company. Um, and that sort of that, that pride and that desire for that success was leading a lot of my, my motivation. Hmm. And so once you, once you realize that, tell me about the switch that you made in your business. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So thankfully again, and this is all, I mean, I give, first of all, the credit to God, but having mentors and people in your life that you can connect with and that you trust and that have fruit on the tree and that you really know, um, are people that are, are also, you know, experienced or have experiences similar to yours, um, is so important. And, you know, just connecting with some of the people in my life and mentors, I think they started to see that and realize, and they would push me to ask the tough questions like, well, you know, what is it really, um, that you feel like God is actually calling you to do? Um, and are you trying to do something that maybe he's not, 
calling you to try to do. And so I realized for one, um, you know, we told this story about one night Columbus and having this all city worship night. Well, I mean, that's been an active part when you have an event that is gathering, you know, that many thousands of people on an annual basis, that takes a lot of our time and, and effort and planning. And so some of our focus is pulled into that. And, and anyway, so what I realized is like, that was something God had clearly led us to clearly given us. And so it was okay that we were focusing on that. And that was at the expense probably of being able to focus on some other things. And then we also started to realize in that season that, man, you know, these opportunities that God keeps giving us are smaller, um, maybe smaller than we'd like them to be, but we started to realize the value of them and we started to understand not just the value of them in terms of, of being able to, you know, have an ROI return on, on all of this work that we were putting in, you know, financially, but also impact, man, some of these opportunities that we were getting with smaller budgets and things were really powerful stories. And I had think, I think we had kind of driven ourselves maybe into some times of being negative about certain projects that really I, I repent of now. And we started to repent of moving into the season because we started to just appreciate everything that we had small, big, medium. We wanted to be able to enter every single opportunity that we had to tell a story with a good attitude an excited attitude, um, and an expectation that we were absolutely going to do the best we could to tell that story. Um, and as we started to do that, we started to realize that, hey, this is actually profitable. If we, you know, if we really move into this space of of going after the things that maybe we, you know, a year ago were like dreading having all this business, if we move into this space, like this is actually really exciting. We're excited to tell these stories and it's starting to really build our business and be profitable. So I don't know. It seems like it almost, you know, looking back, it seemed like it was just this weird click all of a sudden where I I would say we suddenly realized that what we had been fighting against was actually the thing that we were really good at and had profit and really were excited about and wanted to do. And you actually, I mean, there was a pretty significant change to your bottom line as a result of that change, right? Yes. Yeah. We, I mean, looking over the last two years, um, our, I mean, this year we're, we're double where we were last year. Our first quarter this year was triple what our first quarter was last year. Um, and we're just, I mean, we're like, it's just an extreme time of growth for us because we've really focused into that specific type of video and we're going after it and we're finding lots of, of opportunity in that. That's so great. That's so great. And it sounds like a lot more peace too around your business. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're all, yeah, there, there is, that's the best way to put it. There's no other way to put it. There's a lot of peace around it. Yeah. That's so great. So tell me, um, I, I want to talk about in just a moment, we're going to talk about some just advice for our listeners about finding that niche. Um, but I do, I want to pick up on something that you said, because I think it's really interesting, the idea of repentance in your business. Um, and I think obviously repentance is, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's part of the Christian life. It's part of growth. It's part of all of that. But I, I'm not sure that everyone, or I should just speak personally or people that I know, I'm not sure that that's such an obvious concept of repentance in our business, repentance of being resentful towards projects that didn't fulfill our sense of 
you know, pride or comparison, as you said, or how important do you think the repentance piece was in turning things around for you? Very. Um, and I think that the, the key was it, very similar to what we've been learning even with this one night Columbus thing. So mm-hmm. often we make competitors out of friends. Mm. And I think that what I have really realized and learned in this process of trying to bring many, many different ministries and churches together is that we are all on the same team, especially within the church. But even for the people who I would say are in my industry, we're on the same team. And so if I tried to look at these other people who were around me who, frankly, they're my friends. And I have people that I still work with often, even to this day, um, who are my direct competitors, but they're also my friends. And I was, I was spending significant amounts of brain energy and my time comparing and competing with these people, not out of a place of collaboration and being a team, but out of a place of, of wanting to be better than them. Um, and I think that, 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 that moment, which was really probably in early 2016 or maybe even early 2017, really it was 2017, late 2016. Um, in that moment where I like, I really realized that and I repented of that. And I said, I, 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 I took it to God first and said, Lord, like, forgive me for comparing myself to other people. And I learned the importance of instead asking God, really asking God to just like transform me and to, and to help me to grow instead of trying to make me like somebody else, make me into who he wants me to be. Um, and in that season, that was a huge moment of turning for us. Yeah. That reminds me, um, in Galatians in the message that there's that line about the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. And, um, Mm. I think that speaks to, to what you're saying is that, um, Yeah. And just, uh, that repentance piece in business, I do think breaks open a lot of doors. Um, and so I, I I love what you had to say about that. So tell me a little bit about, um, so maybe there's a listener right now who is saying, I want that kind of peace in my business. I want that, you know, jump in my revenue. I want to feel like, you know, I'm doing the thing that I'm best at. So what are some just like three practical tips that you might give someone, um, for finding their own niche? Absolutely. So I, you know, the first one would be show up, Mm. um, and whatever that looks like, uh, you got to show up for, you got to show up for the work. You got to show up to build the relationship. You got to show up, um, even in your time with God, and I mean, that's first and foremost is you got to, sh- you, in order to form a relationship, you have to actually show up. And so if you want to do that, you know, make, make sure that you're prioritizing, prioritizing your time, prioritizing, um, the things that you value in your life. Um, for me and for Taylor, you know, that, that first priority is our relationship with God. So we show up to that. We show up to that daily. We spend time in the word. We spend time praying. We spend time praying separately. We spend time praying together. Um, and then, you know, our business in terms of that, you know, we, we prioritize making good choices and building habits that are, you know, ones that we know are going to lead to the future and success of our company. Um, and then the, the second 
Taylor, you want to say maybe a second one? Yeah, he kind of mentioned it just a second ago, but um, I think for the second one is during that time of showing up, even if it's pro pro bono work, I mean, God can't open doors that you're not willing to walk through. So I think you need to actually walk into them so that he can show you the opportunities that are on the other side. So when you do that and you are walking through those doors, I think you should secondly um, build really good habits um, and really strong habits. Um, Some of those include really practically like reading um, in some personal development books or reading scripture um, on a daily basis and then listening to audios and podcasts on a daily basis. I think those will really just strengthen you as an individual and God will be able to really work through um, developing who you are through that. Yeah. And then I think the, you know, the third thing is really the thing that we're talking about and that's find your niche and then do it really well. Because it's one thing, you know, obviously in that season of, of showing up, showing up with God, asking God to reveal how he's moving, how can I be involved, Lord, with what you're doing, um, and then building habits that, you know, set you up in patterns of success and, and praying. And it's a constant state of repentance, asking God to reveal the things that he wants, you know, me to change in my life. And then when you do those things, you start to realize that, oh, this is where God wants me. This is my niche. And so when you start to realize the areas that God wants you to be in, then you just have to show up and do it really well um, and start really pouring into that. Focus on that, you know, make, make your, your understanding of what God is revealing your focus. And so make that the one focus in your life um, and go after it. You know what I really love about what you're saying is that I think, um, you know, find your niche is a like a business thing that a, a lot of people talk about. And I think uh, it's very tempting to think of that as something that's sort of out there in the world, right? I'm going to go do surveys. I'm going to do, you know, market research. And not that there isn't a place for that. But um, what I love about it is that if we are truly walking in God's calling for our life, that that's a lot more internal work than I think the world would say that it is, right? And um, ultimately, the best business consultant we can ever have is the Holy Spirit. And when we are, um, you know, when we are, when we are showing up, when we are spending time with God, and um, Taylor, I love what you said too about um, like developing yourself. There's something about actually walking in it and reading about it and learning about it that God will reveal more the more that we just move into it. And sure. um, yeah, I think that's very counter countercultural to think of finding your niche as inner work, but it really truly is. So I think that's brilliant. Um, so what I want to do now is, uh, unfortunately we are coming to a close, but this has been such a great conversation and you guys have shared so much wisdom with us. Um, and I'm so grateful. Um, but we like to wrap up with what we call our final five, five questions designed to further resource our listeners. So we'll start with other than the Bible, what is one book that changed your life and why? So I think my favorite book and really it's completely changed my life other than the Bible is the go giver. Mm. Um, an excellent, excellent book. Um, just really about the mentality of, of living a life out of a generous (laughs) attitude and learning how to, how to find success in that kind of attitude. 
That's great. And then I'll just throw mine in. Um, that one, mine too. He stole it. But um, <laughs> another one I think that really changed at least how I operate on a daily basis is called The Slight Edge um, by Jeff Olson. It's more personal development focused, um, but it's just, it's really honing in on your daily routine, what you're doing every day to um, further develop your relationships with other people, your relationship with God, and your relationship with yourself. So, um, your future, I think, lies in your daily habits and your daily routine. So I think the slide edge kind of changed my perspective. I love that. And for our listeners, we will include links to in our show notes to um, to these books and resources. So tell me about one podcast you're listening to now and why. Um, I love listening to How I Built This podcast. Um, I just love listening to personal stories, testimonies of um, people who have who have kind of made their dreams come true, um, who've worked really hard. They were average people. No one's average, actually. They were they started somewhere, and so they um, they ended up grinding and and making it to their dream um, and seeing what they were able to accomplish through that. I love that one. Jack, do you have one also? I was just going to say, I I mean, I really appreciate and value resources too that are um, sermons and everything. And one of my, I think one of my favorites is Mosaic, uh, Erwin McManus. I love, I love their podcast. I find myself often listening to that. And I mean, Erwin is known kind of as a, uh, a spiritual leader in the creative world as well. And so I, I find myself really enjoying that podcast a lot. So tell me what's your favorite Bible verse and why? Um, kind of related to what we've been talking about. I, one that's kind of driven our life right now is Proverbs 16, nine, which is in his heart, a man um, plans his course, but God will guide his steps. I think there's something in that verse that just takes all the pressure off, you know, like God has it and God wants to, to lead you where he wants to lead you. So all you have to do is just take, just, just plan it and take steps and then God will, will just take you where you need to go. So Proverbs 16, nine for me. Hmm. Yeah, mine, mine, Psalm 139, um, really all of Psalm 139 is awesome, but specifically kind of the 20 through 23 verses, um, and specifically search me, O Lord, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Um, that to me just really encapsulates the, a heart of surrender, um, a heart of trust. And I, I pray that now daily. That's great. What is the very best business advice you ever received? Well, I think if we had to boil it all down, um, the greatest, your greatest asset is yourself. Um, and that sounds kind of selfish and weird, but I say that in a very going off of everything we've said, a very surrendered and a very, um, recognizing posture that at the end of the day, um, we so often find ourselves comparing. We so find, you know, so often find ourselves thinking it's everybody else's fault or whatever. When in the reality, uh, the reality is that it, it all starts with you. Um, the idea of any sort of corporate or big transformation always starts with personal transformation. And so, 
you know, in terms of business advice, take the time to make sure that, that you, as your greatest, that your greatest asset, you are developing yourself, that you're in the word, that you're spiritually connected, you're building the right foundation, that you're constantly seeking and asking God to transform you. And that I think is probably the biggest thing um, that I would say is advice for then leading to a successful business. Hmm. That's great. Taylor? Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I think invest in yourself. In, everything can be boiled down to relationships, I think. I think that was the that's the basis of Scripture is just a relationship with God. So um, people will like you before they like your business. And so I think just develop you, your asset. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, um, as, as, um, business owners who have walked through, you know, some pretty, pretty lean times and are now walking in success with, you know, it sounds like a, just a much clearer idea of who you are and what you do and, and, um, and all of that. Tell us, what encouragement you would give to a listener who's maybe still figuring that out or still, um, still walking through some lean times and looking for some hope and encouragement, what would you tell them? Keep moving one, one step at a time. Um, and truthfully, we're still in that season too. I mean, like we've got some stuff figured out maybe now and we are, I mean, we're really excited about where God has us and where we're going. And so it's learning how to find contentment where you are, but always just moving one step at a time. Um, and you know, it's, it's an important thing to realize that and trust, learn how to trust God then to get you to the, the end result. Um, by just taking that, that one step. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, mine, I think tags onto that. It came from a book, probably the slight edge if I'm remembering, but, um, there's an equation that they, they give you that you, you make choices, you make smart choices, you make them consistently and you make them over time. And that equals radical success. And I think sometimes we kind of lose or forget about the time piece um, of that equation. We like make, we make these great choices and we kind of do them for a little bit, but then we just don't give it enough time. So I would just say, just keep at it. Um, and don't like, you have more time than you think. So I would just keep pressing on. Yeah. And the compounding effect of those daily habits, right? It's, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Um, would you mind just saying a prayer over our listeners before we close? Absolutely. We would love to. Well, Jesus, uh, I just, I start and say, search me, Lord, know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts and Holy Spirit, lead me, um, lead me in your way, lead me in the way everlasting. Jesus, we, we trust you. Um, even when there's chaos, even when there's uncertainty, especially when there's chaos and uncertainty. Um, Lord, we say that we trust you. Um, we recognize Lord, your presence in our life and we are so grateful for your love. Um, and so Lord, we, we ask that you would 
continue to make us more consistently aware of your love and more consistently uh, in step with you. Um, Lord, as we, as we plan our life, um, as we make plans for our life, we just say that we surrender it all, um, Lord, and we trust you to guide our every step. Um, Lord, give us the strength. Give everybody, Lord, listening to this podcast the strength just to take the next step, Lord. And would you continue to make that next step clear? Um, and Lord, I ask that you would continue to teach us um, what your peace that surpasses all understanding really looks like for each of us in our life. Um, Lord, what our relationship with you um, can continue to, to grow into, um, Lord, and then how that can continue to lead to that, that peace and that contentment. Jesus, I fully believe that that and recognize and know that that peace is only found in a relationship with you. Um, so, Lord, I ask that you would strengthen us um, continuously in our pursuit, um, Lord, of you. Um, and we, we just love you, Jesus, and we are so grateful for who you are. And we ask that you would uh, just bless uh, everything, Lord, that you have us doing. And if there's things you don't have us doing, uh, we ask that you would make that clear too, Lord, and give us the strength and the courage and the boldness. Um, to remove ourselves from those things. Um, we love you, Jesus, and in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Jack and Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. I'd like to thank my guests, Jack and Taylor McClintock, for joining me today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode at donsadler.com slash 026. If you'd like to hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. This show is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals so they can walk in their God-given calling with more clarity and confidence. Download our free daily planning tool, The Peak Page, at donsadler.com peak. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Thanks for listening.